risen Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. We ought to jump. Amen. We ought to Amen. shout. Amen. We ought to praise the Lord. And the Holy Spirit comes. Yes. And listen now to that play. This song is about that very thing. Lord, we gather in this place. We come to seek your holy face.
why a lot of people don't get answers to prayers. That's why a lot of times they seem like God don't care or God's not moving for them. Because it's all about me, myself, and I. And we, we do it without recognition because that's just who we are. You know, back in the day, there were men taught not to cry. I knew we met a guy at conference one year. out at the, Turn with me to Judges, if you would. Judges chapter 6. And when we were at conference, I mean, this guy was huge. I mean, he was like six foot six. He probably weighed 280 pounds, solid muscle. He was not fat, he was solid muscle. A huge individual. <clears throat> and he said when he was growing up, his father went to prison for killing a man with his fist. Now we can have that same kind of anger in us, but not carry it out. But you're just as guilty as the person who hit the person. Got it? Understand that? When you have enough anger in you, you want to punch somebody. It's the same spirit that caused the individual to punch somebody. It's because you withheld, because it's out of the abundance of the heart. That's why you tell the Holy Spirit to come. The Holy Spirit does the supernatural. We've got to get out as individual believers. 
we must get out of the realm of the natural. It's not about you. It's about Him in you. If you're a true born-again believer, you will understand that. You now change and you can say, I'm not who I used to be. How many got that? I remember when I pray, I see different people. Stephen, sometimes I still see you when I pray. I think of you and I remember the day you come up here and I asked you about knowing God and he gave his heart to the Lord. How do I know great big tears started running down his face? There was a change. Something changed on the inside. See, the change has to change inside. I have people all the time tell me they're born again and they think because they joined the church because they're friends with the pastor, that makes them born again. That's not it. That's why when we started Jubilee, the Lord led me to title this as a non-denominational because there's not no denominations behind us that drive my wife and I to carry out the mission of God. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit and the Spirit alone. The Spirit drawed me to the little red line assembly up here, and I was raised in church, but the Spirit was not present. See the difference? Structure was there. It was all about do's and don'ts. You had to put your name on a ledger. They gave you a big box. That's the first thing they did, give you a big box of tithe envelopes. And when you made money, you had to pay tithe. That was it. That was all I got out of it. <clears throat> and the people that stood out in the vestibule was teachers, Sunday school superintendent, uh, ushers, people like that. But there was no change. Year after year after year, I went there until I was 16 years old. I was practically made to go. <laughs> I didn't go because I wanted to go. It wasn't a hard thing. And I could see them year after year after year after year. 5, 10, 15 years, no change. Same language, same actions, nothing was changed. And I got away from God for a while, and I thought, well, if that's who God is. See, I identified God by the individuals I saw. He's a personal Savior. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I never experienced that. But when I did, the moment, not months later, not weeks later, not years later, the moment, the moment I recognized that I had a relationship as a son to the Father. See, everybody in the world is God's children. You know, people don't understand that. Everybody on planet Earth is God's children. I'll let that sink in a little bit. If you don't, you'll miss it. But they're not all children of God. Got it? It's a one-way street. But it's not a one-way street. It's two-way. Father, son. Father, daughter. It's a two-way street. Hello? But a lot of people in the world, you know, look at things that way and they get all messed up. Now, I want you to stand just for a moment. And this exercise is to help you understand. You have two hands? 
Lay them on your spirit, man. Say, that's the real me. That's the real me. Say it again. That's the real me. Now say it with me. Take your time. Say it. That's the real me. Now if that's the real you, you will get your human reasoning off of all of this. Get your reasoning off of all of this. And get it fixed on this. We walk around by our five senses continually. What we think, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we smell. That's how we live. We don't live as born-again believers. Now say, Father, Father, keep your hands on your spirit. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. I'm an agent or ambassador ambassador of change. 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 You understand that word, change? You don't come to church and praise and go home and cuss. That went down. I know that's a flat tire to some. (laughs) You know, today preachers can't, aren't supposed to preach those kind of things because people get hair lift, they get upset, they get an attitude. And whether you realize it, I'm not telling you nothing. I don't tell anybody anything. Preachers are to be shepherds or instructors. They instruct you with the truth. And what you do with the truth is your part. That's like the shepherd when he led the sheep in the Bible. He led them to the grass, but they didn't have to eat with the grass. How many of you ever heard the saying, the cow thinks the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? <laughs> How many ever drove past farms or and seen with your own eyes a cow has acres and acres of beautiful green grass, and there he is stretching his neck yeah. through those two pieces of wire trying to eat what's on the outside? What drives him to do that? <clears throat> See, in the world that we live in, You must understand, we're only here. Life is like a vapor, he said. That's what the Bible said. I didn't say it. Jubilee didn't say it. It's like a vapor. You're here and boom, you're gone. I could hardly wait till I was 16 to get my driver's license. Now I'm 74. And I say, some days I get up, I crawl out of bed. Some days I fall out of bed. Some days I barely get out of bed. And I say to my wife, boy, where'd it go? Where'd the time go? But one thing that hasn't changed, and that's the real me. When you have this supernatural, it's not religion, it's relationship. When you have the real thing working on the inside, you don't lose your joy just because you lost your job. Why? Because it's from above. We're living and we're changed agents from above. We're governed by God. We're not governed by Republican or Democrat. We're not governed by who's in the White House. It may appear that way. But in your spirit, God said you can give this body to be burned. People can abuse you. People can do all things to you. But they can't steal the real you unless you let them. They can't make you mad unless you let them. 
They can't upset you. Things can't upset you unless you let them. Say, I'm an agent of change. That means all around you. Now, everybody's standing still right now. Just go around in a circle like this. Now, some of you are more blessed than others because some of you got bigger feet. Got a bigger circle. Some of you stand in a sphere of 12 inches, some stand in a sphere of whatever. <laughs> but that sphere that you're in, that's where you're the agent of change. You take that change to the marketplace, you take it to the bank, you take it to your, co your neighbor, you take it to your co-worker, you take it to your place of business. Okay? Two wrongs, the Bible says, don't make it right. Now, you don't let people abuse you. God didn't say to let people abuse you. Mm -hmm. I got a gun in my house. I don't, I'm not a big thing on guns. I used to hunt, but I don't hunt anymore. <clears throat> and I'm not just going to let somebody kick my door in, come in and beat my wife on the floor and, and want to cut her throat. I'm going to protect myself. I got a constitutional right to do that. Okay. But I'm not going to go around bragging. I'm not going to go around showing off. I don't. Most people come in my house don't even know I have that gun. That's not necessary. That's considered pride. It's considered bragging. It's, con it's considered showing off. It's considered look who I am. No. We're supposed to show who we are in the spirit of change. We show that love. You may be seated. Thank you. I remember years ago... <clears throat> During the Vietnam War, which ran between the 60s and 70s, basically, <clears throat> we knew a guy who was a Satanist high priest. He was a he was a devil worshiper, and I mean, he did it with his all, man. He was that's who he was. Well, he got inducted into the army, and he had long hair, like my buddy Travis, and he had these little beads and bells <clears throat> and the guy that shaved their head of course was the first thing they did to you in the military and when he went in there and he went to shave his hair the, the barber he goes because <laughs> he knew he was going to have fun shaving his head and when he did he said he went snip dingle snip dingle snip dingle <laughs> and when he got in the bunk of course he was Talking about Christianity was his main theme, and people would always talk to him about Jesus, and it used to irritate him to death. He didn't want to hear about Jesus. He didn't want to be a Christian. He didn't want people talking to him about the Lord. That's just who he was. Because he worshipped the devil. He worshipped the enemy. Jody, oh, she left. Can you, do you know how to pull them two trees up for me? Pull them up, would you please? And we've been talking about those two trees that's symbolic in the garden. And their symbolism, the fruit is symbolism. And churches, most churches, most denominations, I'll put it that way, waste a lot of time. They, they lose their focus that Jesus came for souls. He don't care if you're five foot eight, and I'm six foot two, he don't care if you have red hair and I have green hair. 
He don't care if we have a beard or we don't have a beard. He's not interested in that. He's interested in the souls of people. That's who Jesus come to die for. That's who God loves people. He loves people. But Mike Warkey, I don't know, maybe somebody might have heard the name now that I said it. He's ever heard him, but I had a tape of him and we played the tape over and over because it was so... Can you get it or not? If you can't, get Jenna. <clears throat> and uh, to be uh, an agent of change. And we got to understand what that means. That's not, that's not meaning now that I come to Jesus, you smoke and I don't. You cuss and I don't. You chew and I don't. Them things come as the Holy Spirit deals with your heart. That's not something we waste time preaching on to people. Yes, your life should change. If it doesn't change, you're only fooling yourself. <clears throat> you must understand that. The, the thing is, Jesus come from what happened in the garden. He lost what he had. And the devil came... That's how hideous he is. He don't look like that drawing, by the way, that portrait because the Bible calls him an angel of light. But that's just to give you an idea how hideous this individual... He cares about no one. He cares about no one. You must understand that, what, what his mission is. There's only two forces. Good and evil. Light and darkness. There's only two. There's no... Things in me. All, all life of people is lined under one or the other. I don't care if you believe what I'm saying today or not. I'll put it out there for who wants to grasp it. It changed my life. It changed my thinking. It changed my language. It changed my attitude. It changed the way I see people. Like I was talking about the God, my gun. I'm not going to get my gun out every time somebody rings the doorbell or knocks the door and go to the gun and say, Who are you? What do you want? Excuse me. I believe in the Second Amendment. Hello. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. You need to lose that. You need to lose that. That's good in its place. Too many people mince things. That's why they never go nowhere in God. They mince things. I got a call next to preach the gospel. I did not call myself. My dad did not call me. I didn't have a brother call me. I didn't have a minister call me. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke to my heart again and again and again and again. He spoke when I went to bed. He spoke when I woke up in the morning. He spoke when I was on the job. I want you to preach for me. I want you to preach for me. I want you to preach for me. I didn't want to. I had other things I wanted to do. I did not want to preach. That's what makes the difference by a person that's called and a person that's not called. People like to call themselves because they think they can throw Scripture. When you read your Bible, you need to study. 2 Timothy 2.15 uh, 2 says, Study to show yourself approved. Just don't read a Scripture and say the Bible says and throw Scripture. Over the years that I've been a Christian, I know in a period of time, dozens of people in the 50 years said, Do you know? And I say, Here it comes. 
They're not going to ask me. They're going to dictate. People love to dictate. That comes out of a sense of pride. Pride thinks they know it all, they got it all, they understand it all. So they won't ask you nothing. I'm a preacher of righteousness, yet they don't ask me nothing. They tell me. And how comes you're not up here instead of me? The difference is because I'm calling you're not. And to get your life straight is to have the Holy Spirit come and want Him to gently lead you and guide you. Like I said, you don't let people come in and abuse you. I'm not talking about that. But yet, the Lord says, if someone smote you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. Now you need to study to understand what that means. Now most people, I'm going to say most believers, they say, go ahead, Jack. You slap me, I got one waiting on you. Now, to rightly divide the word, he said, out of the abundance of the heart. Talking about this spirit man. Out of the abundance of the heart. So don't try to fool me. Don't try to pull the wool over my eyes. Don't think, try to make me think that you're more spiritual than I am. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth just said who you are. You're arrogant. You're haughty. You're pride. Huh? It's telling me who you are. You think you've got it all together. You think you've got the whole world in the bag. You think because you've been there, you're the only one that went through anything. I shared with you already some of the minute things that I went through as an individual. At the time, you don't realize what you're going through, but it's how you handle it that matters. Now I'm going to read you a man that if you don't read it properly, You'll misunderstand what he's saying. Turn with me to Judges, if you would, please. And notice your title. Success has a tendency to elevate an individual's ego. I've had people tell me this, and they tell me that. But see, I don't feel a witness. The Lord said you should feel a witness when people talk to you. You should feel a witness or bear witness with their spirit what they're telling you. <coughs> and I had people say, oh, I'll never leave the church. And I'm shaking my head in disgust because I said, you're the first one that's going to leave. Because you're saying, I'll never leave. You're not saying, I'll never leave. You're saying, I'll never leave. Your ego, your pride, your haughtiness I told your spirit man that's supposed to be born again what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Everybody following me today? It's awful quiet. Say hello, goodbye, see you later, won't be back, say something. Now, I didn't know where I was going with this as I was studying the other night. I was in, in my office studying and I thought, Lord, I'm, I'm not sure which direction. I like to know which direction the Lord wants me to take because he knows who we're going to talk to. Success has a tendency to elevate. And I've, I've heard believers do it. Oh, this guy I work with, he's a jerk. Now this is the believer call. <coughs> he's this, he's that, he's whatever. You didn't come from where he come from. 
But if you rightly divide the word in Corinthians, their scripture says that a man knows not the heart of another man except that man and God. Then how comes I'm talking like I know this man's heart that I work with? Now, this big guy, to go back to this big guy that we went to conference with out of Indiana, and they're more or less our overseers who we support and <clears throat> trust in them to help us, and they never once try to direct me, they never once try to tell me how to preach or what to preach or what to do. They always said, Pastor, we're there for you. That's the kind of people you need. We're there for you. If you need us, please call us, and we will do our best to help to instruct you in righteousness. Now, this big guy I talked about out in Indiana, he told his testimony. And I mean, that man cried like a baby when he gave his testimony. He said, as I was growing up as a little boy. My dad killed a man with his fist. He had so much anger and so much rage that whatever this individual said to him, he just continually beat him and beat him and beat him until he died. Well, of course, he went to prison. Years ago, he used to spend life for 50 years, now 50 days, and they let you back out to do it again. That's how much things have, God hasn't changed. Man has changed. That's what we're dealing with. So for us, we need to draw closer to the Most High. We need to worship the Most High. We don't worship, we say good morning God, see you God, good night God, and that's about the extent of our prayer life. <clears throat> God wants you to worship Him, to be grateful. You're going to spend eternity in heaven, not in hell. That's enough. If He doesn't do anything else for you, if He never heals you, if He never blesses you, He never puts a smile on your face or whatever, that's enough to say thank you continually every day of your life. Because He just pardoned you. He wiped away all the choices that you made. People like to blame other people. It's the choices you made that got you where you are. Not other people. Oh, it was my wife. It was my husband. It was the neighbor. It was my boss. No, it was you. It's the rage that was in you. This guy right here. Self-dependent. When you're self-dependent, you're going to self-destruct. Sometime. Until you learn to become God-dependent. God-dependent says, I can't do it myself. I'll never make it myself. It's not all about me, and that's not a put-down. That's not negative. That's talking in the right connotation where you lower yourself to where God can be exalted. And success, you land that job. I've seen people do it. They land a job. I talked to a man that was up where your husband works. And he said, I made the best money. I can work any time I want. I built a big bank account. I've got a house paid for. I've got a big car. And I got this and I got that. And me and my wife both got 401k paid to the hill. And I could hear pride and holiness just spewing out of him. Not one word, not one word did he give God any credit. Not one. God didn't have no credit nowhere. Now, the Bible says, not me, your Bible says it. 
Pride goes before you're going to fall. Sometime you're going to fall. And you that's considered uh, what you consider fall. You built your little tower, and now your tower is going to collapse. But when you give God all the credit, you have nothing to fear. 